When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network... Not a subscriber to the series. Take that moment. What are you waiting on? Uh, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening from. You can do it at Spotify or YouTube, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, really wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. We put out interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and would love to keep you up to date on all of those. I'm Kyle Merritt. Today, my guest, Faye Webster. She has written and produced one of the most critically acclaimed records of 2019 called Atlanta Millionaires Club. And we'll dive into what she calls her most personal record today and why she changed Stepper writing to reflect that. And while there are a lot of themes in play, uh, there are a few songs about a relationship, and they do stand out to me. So we're going to get into that as well with songs like Flowers and Johnny, but also about one of the biggest standout cuts from the album called Kingston, which hopefully you've no doubt heard. We'll also get into how she found uh, what's become her signature sound with that steel guitar and how it traces back to her parents' music and have some fun with her uh, Atlanta Braves fandom and her own yo-yo. While uh, all the artists are getting their own signature in guitars and sneakers, she has her own signature yo-yo and she's really good at it. Talking about the record Atlanta Millionaires Club, it's Kyle Meredith 
with Faye Webster. Hey, yeah. I, I know you've just kind of started the the newest leg of the tour that started out as a, at Bonnaroo a few days ago. And I read that your parents were in the crowd, and I had to wonder, is that, um, is that helpful or distracting for an artist up there? Both. <laughs> I think it's mainly helpful, or it's mainly like a very great mm-hmm. feeling. But yeah. then there's also that aspect of it, like, stand in front of that sign that says your name kind of thing, and let us take a picture, but mostly a very, very amazing thing. I know for a lot of artists, you know, whether you're putting on an act or anything, I think, you know, there is some sort of persona up there, and it feels like when you've got someone who's known you your whole life that can just destroy that persona with one look, like that, for me at least, would be the distracting part. Right. I don't know, you know, just don't, you just got to not find them in the audience. (laughs) Well, you are in the middle of your first headlining tour, and and I should say congratulations because that's that's a huge accomplishment accomplishment to have a headlining tour. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Going into this, you know, earlier in the year, you did have to cancel some dates because I guess it sounded like it kind of got out of hand. You needed some rest. Did the breather allow you to, to kind of get a handle on that to, to get a grasp on it? Yeah, definitely. I've just never done like an official release or official tour, even. Mm-hmm. So I think I did not. I don't know. I, I, I had to, like, learn my limit, et cetera. But that definitely helped a lot, <laughs> not having to go to Germany <laughs> when I was in a state where I should not be going to Germany. So, yeah, definitely. It, it, uh, I'll take it out of context. It makes that line from room, room temperature, I should get out more, just sound a little bit funny. <laughs> Always. So... You know, here you have this amazing record, Atlanta Millionaires Club. It's a beautiful record, uh, you know, kind of one that just, when it finishes, you just go back to track one. It's a really, really great record. Thank you. You've said that, you know, this is the record where you learn to write more personal. What was the impetus for that? I don't know. I think I just kind of had this realization that, like, people are, like, actually listening to my music. And people are actually, I don't know, like, watching me, I guess. And I think it's just a waste of an opportunity if I don't actually, like, tell these people something. So I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that was a big motive for this record, which I hope came across well. Is it fair to call it a relationship record? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, definitely a lot of songs are. Um, I don't look at it as, oh, this is about a person, this record in a whole, or this is about a relationship. I just think there's a lot of that in the record. Having the word Johnny in there as a song and then... Uh, it, it does right. lead on to that. You get to the latter half of the record when it hits flowers, and I thought, it, I mean, if I'm hearing it right at least, it's almost like you're giving that character a chance to speak on their own. Was there any discussion with Father, the artist's father, uh, of how to paint that character? No, I think that song is kind of just like a good representation of both of us as an artist. We never, he was never like, here's what you should do. And I was never like, here's how you should do your art. <laughs> I think it was just both like, this is us. Like, this, here's, here we are. But in a collaboration like that, I mean, with a song, do, do, does he listen to what you've got going on and try to, to find the voice for it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. But so, I gave him complete freedom. But he, I, I was on the song first, so I think he did play off. That'd be dangerous otherwise. <laughs> I guess. Right. I don't know. People seem to have really latched onto Kingston too. Does, does that does that feel like a hit to you? Does that feel different than the other songs now? Um, I don't know because that song is so old to me. <laughs> like I have had that for like over two years before it even came out as a single. So I know it's so new to people, but it feels so old to me that I don't even know like which way to look at it anymore. 
so I don't know, but I guess it is, apparently. <laughs> Do most of the songs go back that far? No, they don't. <laughs> Just that one. That's what I didn't know because, you know, I, I, I don't mean to hit on the, the relationship side of things so much, but, you know, as, as it stands out to me, especially towards that end of the record, I thought when careers are on the up and up, relationships seem to be the thing that take the brunt of it. And, and I didn't know if, you know, if these were the sad songs of success, but if some of those do, if at least some of them trace back further, I guess that's not exactly true. Some of them do trace back, yeah. Well, uh, I'll hit the musical side, too, then. I mean, there are certain instruments uh, that take us in a specific direction. Steel guitar is one of them. I feel like that's one that everyone's kind of centered on in, but it, it plays so beautifully on this record. What brought you to that type, to that sound? Where, where does that come from for you? Um, I think it comes from the music I listened to growing up, or like around my parents. I think that's kind of when I picked up instrument i think a lot of us we tend to rebel against our parents or what they listen to and then maybe come back around to it later that that's not the case with you yeah i don't think I, that was that was ever just because they've always been insanely supportive so yeah. i couldn't imagine that being the case <laughs> well i don't know even with supportive parents like i mean I, i'm obviously speaking personally here but uh, I, I remember growing up and my mom would like listen to like Bob Seger and, and CCR and everything. And I, when I got to my teenage years, I mean, my mom was always great to me, but that was the last thing that I thought, oh, that's, that's what I want to get behind right now. And it happened later, but uh, I guess I didn't come to that the same way you did. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, the third part of this story, uh, Atlanta seems to be a character in this record, whether you mean it to be or not. And a sense of place, a sense of place has just disappeared all, all around. Um, and I think that's because of the streaming world, and you almost bring it back. I mean, how important is Atlanta to the story? And, and do you feel like a spokesperson for it right now? Um, yeah, kind of. I also think it's also just like subconsciously, I, like I didn't mean for it to be such a big thing in it, but it is. So maybe that's just kind of, I don't know, I guess like proves to me how important that it is to me. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I think it definitely plays a big part because I think those songs wouldn't have come out of me if I didn't move away or move back or et cetera. Uh, you being the Braves fan, I thought the only connection I have, and, and I won't pretend to know what's happening in baseball these days, but I'm here in Louisville, and, you know, of course we have the Slugger Museum and the Bad Factory and all that, and I can oh, remember. Yeah. I can remember. Have you ever been to it? I have a custom Atlanta Millionaires Club Slugger Bat. Did you get that here in town, or did uh, did they send it to you? I did. No, I, I went to the museum. See, I remember when I was younger, and I was probably a teen. I mean, so this was in the 90s and everything, or maybe the early 2000s. I don't know. But anyway, Deion Sanders ended up here because he was, you know, he was um, he was slumming it for a minute uh, with the Triple the A team, and I thought that was the greatest thing. And I think that's my connection with the Atlanta Braves. That's all I got. That's awesome. That's a nice one. I, I do want to hear about your yo-yo, too, because I see that you have your own personalized yo-yo sent to you by a company. Yes. How did that happen? What's the story there? Um, so this company, they make a lot of signature yo-yos for professional, or not, I don't know if professional is a term, but like competing yo-yoists that have their name out there. And I have a lot of them. And... I don't know, I wanted to make one, but I was like, I don't want to just make, like, a shitty plastic Walmart yo-yo. Like, I don't want to just make something. I want to, like, make something that people will use and, like, hopefully put them on to this game or sport, whatever you want to call it. So, I don't know. We, like, teamed up, and they let me use their first model of this, like, plastic trick yo-yo that's supposed to feel like you're playing with a metal one. And they let me be the first design of that. So I have like a legit, a very legit yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I know a lot of artists do their own shoes. I got to say, you're the only person that I've ever spoken to that has their own yo-yo. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like manifesting that into the world. Is there, a, is there like a backup career for you here? Can you become a professional yo-yoist? Um, there are people that are so good and they still don't make that much money. <laughs> Like, I don't think there's, like, a living behind it. But that would be sick. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can have your cake and eat it, too, right now. I mean, both coexisting. Uh, it's impressive. It really is. Thank you. Well, uh, c- again, congratulations. Uh, Atlanta Millionaires Club has been one of my favorite records that I've heard this year. It's, it's, uh, it's you know, nothing short of astounding. And I, I don't mean to overpaint that or anything, but I really am in love with these songs. So so thank you for making it, and uh, and thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Yeah, thank you so much. I'll see you out on the road and hopefully catch some of the yo-yoing while I'm at it. Okay, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> All right, take care. <laughs> okay, you too, bye. Right, bye. Thanks again to Faye Webster. The new record is called Atlanta Millionaires Club. It's out now. Hey, before you get out of here, don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from. Again, you can do that at Spotify, at YouTube, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Uh, and while you're there, please do give the series a rating and, uh, and leave a review if you feel inspired or just say hi. Tell me where you're listening from. After that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can also find some bonus episodes of this series. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. You can also find me at Twitter at Kyle Meredith, Facebook slash Kyle Meredith, and that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.